Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be joining us from. We are live. We are live. We are live. I thought that we were um we were live. We were just having our conversation. I was going through everything, my intros and everything. Looked up, I kept getting these notifications, realized that I was not live. <laughs> so the joys of technical uh things. So here we are. So come on in, come on in. Yes, we are definitely live now. I see, I see everyone coming on in. And if you would go ahead, go ahead, excuse me, go ahead and invite 10 friends and family. Let them know that we are live for another episode of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This. And we have none other than my special guest with Mr. Eric Sean today. And so I want to, again, welcome each and every one of you. So I want you to uh, love, like, and share because sharing is definitely caring. All right. So go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Go ahead and uh, love, like, and share. All right. So I want to welcome each and every one of you once again. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you may be tuning in live with us. We are live joining us for another episode of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This. If you're joining us on replay this evening or wherever, whatever time it will be in your uh, neck of the world, we definitely want to say hello and welcome to you as well. So whether you're joining us on YouTube or on Facebook Live, Definitely, we are so happy and grateful that you've taken out time out of your day to spend another episode uh, of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This with us. So if you haven't done so already, again, I highly encourage you to love, like, and share and subscribe to my YouTube channel, okay? And then tag some people and let them know that we are here live. So it is my mission, my goal, and my desire to share with the world the crisis or those traumas that God has permitted in our lives. And then we have those triggers, those triggers or those defining moments that is or was to build our strength as we go through the process or to build our faith. And then we have those triumphs that or those victories that we're going to share that we've experienced to above all glorify God and to help others. So with that said, I'm super, super excited about my featured guest today. You're definitely in for a treat. I have none other than Mr. Eric Sean. Hello, Eric. Welcome oh. to Wouldn't Serve a God Like This. So Mike Tech, Mike Tech, can you hear me? Yep, can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. So Eric is a motivational speaker. He's a mindset coach. He's a minister, personal trainer, author, who works with individuals who have experienced past traumas. He also understands that they too can accept, escape the prison of their past circumstances and discover their true value. Eric has had great success helping his customers to accomplish their life goals, including listen up, ladies and gentlemen who have that COVID-15 or 30 or 50, okay? He has successfully helped 
his clients to accomplish their life goals, including massive weight loss. Okay. Also befriending and falling in love with the man or the woman in the mirror. Eric believes that our true mission in life is uh, in life is our life according to our dreams and our goals. He believes that the secret to life by design is as simple as the changing and the shifting of your mindset and your belief system. So with that said, Eric, I'm not going to steal all your thunder. I just want you to be able to share your story with my audience. And I definitely want to welcome you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the stage of who wouldn't serve a God like this. So if you all haven't done so already before we get started, if you are joining us through my private Facebook group, who wouldn't serve a God, I mean, Broken Pieces to Peace, then I want you to, um, that's where you will be able to, we'll be able to see your live comments. All right, so let's see here. Hey, welcome, Shawanda. Very good. Thank you so much. We hear you. We hear you. Very good. Thank you so much, Shawanda, and welcome. Welcome to an episode, another episode, episode number seven, as a matter of fact, of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This, where my special guest is none other than Eric Sean. So, Eric, Welcome again to Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This. I want you to share with my audience, um, who is Eric Shaw, Eric Sean, okay? Share with them who you are and what was that thing or those things that your traumas that happened that God allowed to happen in your life. Thank you, family. There, there were so many things. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Go ahead. Um, I've had a very, very rich and blessed life. First, I want to say to, to you and your audience that I appreciate this time. You know, I think time is the one, it's our greatest commodity, yet we take it for granted. Right? We always think that there's more. But this moment that we're all spending together right here, this moment will never, ever exist again. So we're making history. And, and, and I appreciate you sharing your most valuable commodity with me. Um, you know, my story begins when I was uh, five days old. You know, my, my mother was a 16-year-old um, drug addict, prostitute, very lost, had her own issues. Uh, the, when she had me, she was incarcerated, so I was actually born in prison. Um, a lot of people through my life said that that was home, and I, I was going right back home. Wow. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I went into foster care at five days old. And I was in foster care for nine years. And I can tell you that any form of abuse you can think of, physical, mental, emotional, sexual, physical, I experienced all of that. Wow. Um, you know, I, I remember that when I was young and, and when we're young, we, we have a very limited mind, right? So our perception isn't, isn't, there's no depth to our perception. So we just take everything, whatever we believe, whatever we tell ourselves, we believe. A lot of times that's the story for most of our lives. But um, the, uh, I always believed that my mom threw me away. Mm. So as a child, my belief system was, was that I had no value. Not only was I broken, I was shattered into a million different pieces. Um, I remember when I was in my, my first foster home, 
And, you know, I, I, I never did good in school. I, I, I had all these emotional issues. I always acted out. Um, you know, I, I didn't care how fast spot ran uh, or who spot was. I had my own stuff, you know what I mean? So I always stayed in trouble. And so I always got whippings. And back then, you know, a whipping was <laughs> was a beating, but they called it a whipping. Yeah, and foster mom would uh, pick up anything that she could find when she felt like it was time for a whipping, whatever was the closest thing, a belt, uh, you know. And I remember one time she picked up a piece of wood that had a nail in it. And the only reason that I know that is because I had been whipped so much that I, I always, I started to defend myself. So I reached back and the nail slipped my finger, you know, and I still have a scar. So I always have that memory. Um, I moved from my first foster home when I was seven years old into my second foster home. And again, I believe that my mom had abandoned me and she didn't want me. So when I moved into my second foster home and my social worker, and whenever anything happened, my social worker would always show up. So whenever she sh showed up, I knew that it was something serious about to happen. Mm -hmm. So she showed up and she explained to me that this was my new home because my first foster mom had died. That was very traumatic to me. Mm -hmm. Because, again, with my very small mind and perception, not only did my mom abandon me, I didn't understand what death was. I just right. knew she was gone. Right. Now my foster mom abandoned me. And now I was in this whole new household with another mom who would eventually abandon me. Wow. Um, and, and, and just to say, that would become my mindset for the majority of my life, where there's a woman, she will always abandon me. Mm -hmm. Um. I got adopted when I was nine years old and I moved for, I was adopted by a white um, homosexual single, single father. Um, so I moved from, and again, to set the scene, I hated every fiber of my being already. I felt like that I was broken. I felt that I had no value. I felt that I was worthless. Um, so when I moved from the ghetto into this suburbia, you can imagine that that was like pouring gasoline on, on a fire, right? So now that self-hate exploded because now not only did my first foster, my, did my mom leave me, not only did my first foster mom leave me, now my third foster mom is gone and now my whole race has given up on me, right? So now I'm in a whole different culture and not, and not only do I, look at my insides and decide that I'm worthless and that I'm different from everybody else. Now my outside totally reflects that. Right. So in this area, there was like two other, two other black families in, 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 in the whole city. I think at that time, um, I get sent to Catholic schools. Um, only black kid in the school. And I had never been around white people at all. Had had had. I, I think I had. There was one white person in my neighborhood, and nobody liked him because they thought that he stole our our dog or something like that. <laughs> but I know that that nobody liked him. So it's you know. So in my mind, oh, and 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 then another experience was when I was younger. There was the uh, uh, the Huff riots, and a couple years afterwards, there was there was another incident where uh, somebody got shot, and so they were rioting. And so I always believed that the white people were enemies at that time. So here I am now in the midst of the enemy. Um, and again, I only I only see this mindset in hindsight. You know, I'm with my adopted father like two weeks and he's a uh, he's a he was a teacher. He taught special ed. 
he loved every culture and he believed that everybody should understand where they came from, right? Wow. So his way of doing this was of showing me where I came from. Uh, Alex Haley used to have this series <laughs> called Roots. And he said, listen, son, we're gonna sit down and we're gonna watch this series, right? To tell you where you came from. Yeah, as you know, it's about slavery. <clears throat> So I'm like, oh, okay. So that's your angle because you know I, everybody's got an angle at that point. So his angle is is that I'm about to be a slave, right? Wow. And <clears throat> so that that completely set off the relationship between me and my dad. My dad, in hindsight, was the epitome of altruism. He was one of the most loving people in the world, but I couldn't see that then. Mm. You know. I couldn't see it. I had so much resentment instantly for this man. Now, this man took me out of the situation that I was in, put me in in, in, in good schools, um, allowed me to experience a different life. In, in hindsight, if he wouldn't have taken me out of my situation, I'd be in somebody's prison right now, I, I promise you. Mm -hmm. um, but I couldn't see that then. And Again, every, I believe everything is a matter of perception. <clears throat> it's never the circumstances, right? Sure. It's always about how you perceive it. <clears throat> and the way I perceived everything back then was, was that I was useless. God hated me, right? Either that, either God didn't exist or he hated me or he was too busy to pay attention to my life. Mm. He for surely didn't love me because if he loved me, he wouldn't allow me to go through all this pain and suffering. Right. That was my perception back then. And I'll yeah. mention perception a lot because I believe that that's 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 everything. Yeah. Um, by the time that I was 14. I was in and out of drug treatment centers three different times uh, because I found uh, marijuana and alcohol. Mm. And for the first time in my life. I didn't care how different I was. I didn't care that I didn't look like you. I didn't care that I didn't speak like you. Because now I'm in a situation where I really don't have any friends because I'm too white to hang with my old friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm too black to hang with these new people. Mm -hmm. So I'm by myself. And so when I discovered drugs and alcohol, man, you could I had arrived because it didn't matter who was around, who I was around, I was a center of attention. I mean, I mean, I, I, I fit right in, and that that became, um, that became my God for a long time. Wow. You know, not only is God good, and not only does God allow us to go through these traumatic situations, but He puts things in our path. So not only can we recover from them, mm -hmm. we can look back on them and see the beauty in them. Absolutely. Right. God is good. Beauty for our ashes. But you couldn't tell me that back then, family. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, because it don't feel good in the process. It don't feel good in the process at all. At all. Um, so here I am. I uh, am in and out of drug treatment centers. I, I, I hate every fiber of my being. I hate everything about my life. I'm convinced that um, everybody is is conspiring against me. Um, I've, I'm convinced I, I've been played. I've been dealt the worst hand in the world. 
Um, and everybody around me is the problem. Mm. Right? Everybody around me is the problem. And I learned how to play the victim role. Mm -hmm. I learned how to get a mentality of me against the world. Um, I learned how to just deal with trying to make sure that that, that I'm safe and secure. Wow. You know, I, I mentioned that God will allow us to not only recover from stuff, he will allow us to appreciate everything that we have. And, and, and the key to that I've discovered is, is when we get out of being a victim and looking at everything like it's it's all about us. When we get to the point where 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 we can do things like I'm doing right now, I can take that experience and I can share it. So not only it doesn't become a bad situation anymore. Now it has it goes from being negative to having positive energy, and hopefully it helps somebody. And 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 you know, and, and I think God allows us to go through these situations so that we can see how amazingly powerful He is. Absolutely. Right? How He can how He can He can heal us from anything. How He can bring us from the depths of of anywhere. Absolutely. Right? Um, so fast forward a little bit. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That is the kind of God that he is. And he allows all these traumas and all these things to happen in our lives to above all, at the end of the day, it's all about him getting the glory and to get our attention so that he can save our souls at the end of the day. And whatever he has to do in order to save us then he will do that and he will allow that to happen. But like in your situation, you're talking about a, a born to a prostitute in prison to adoptions after adoption, home to home, and then to be adopted by a white gay male. Come on, bring that story on around. Come on, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I remember, I remember Pamela. I was sitting on the couch one day, and my dad had his friends over. Right, I think I was probably twelve or thirteen, mm -hmm. and I'll never forget this. And there was a, a a guy who I referred to as a, I think his name was Uncle Uncle Vince. Yeah, Uncle Vince. And because he was just, he was always around. He was a very, very good friend of my dad. Mm -hmm. And we're, I'm sitting there and I'm just watching the people and doing whatever I'm doing. And he goes upstairs to the, I, I would imagine the only thing is up there is the bathroom. He goes upstairs to the bathroom. I'm sitting there for like 20 minutes and, and he's not down. And I'm like, where is he? But there's this, there's this woman that I didn't see that, see before, mm -hmm. right? So I'm wondering where is Vince? And you know, the one thing that even from the time we're born till the time that we die that stays the same on us is our eyes because that's the connection to our soul, right? So you can't you can't change that. So I happened to look at this lady's eyes and realize that it was Vince. <laughs> you know, Vince was a cross-dresser. And um, you know, I I see there was things like that that happened all the time in my life, right? Wow. And in hindsight, all of that was a blessing. And I'll get to that, but all of that was a blessing. But at that time, at 12, it's it's confusing as it's very confusing. Mm -hmm. And that's how a lot of the, the 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 next years were very confusing. So I'm in and out of drug treatment center. 
Um, I think that I, I, I stayed sober for about eight years. So now I'm like 19, I'm like 20, 20, 21. Yeah. And then I started drinking again when I was 21. Um, but I had my daughter around this time. Mm. And again, I had, I had this belief that all women would ultimately leave me. I had never in my life, uh, as far as I know, ever had a moment of any type of intimacy, that connection, the, 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 uh, that was very uncomfortable. I remember my daughter was born and I would hold my daughter and I would only be able to hold her for like three or four or five minutes. And I had to, I had to give her back to her mom because it was the most threatening thing in the world to me, you know, um, the most threatening thing in the world. And it was so threatening. And I, at that time I, I wasn't ready at all to be a father. I, it, it was, my goal was to get back to a place of feeling normal, which was drinking and drugging. Mm. Uh, and thank God for my daughter's mom, because she always made sure that I had a relationship. Me and my daughter have a wonderful relationship to this day. There's never been a time that I was absent for her life, even though I, I had to try to get away. She made sure that we stayed connected. Um, but I really wasn't ready to be to, to, to be a father and we were supposed to get married. I couldn't get married. But and, and my thing is, is I wanted to be at the bars. Mm. So I spent years in and out of bars, um, you know, my drinking and, and, and uh, uh, my drug experimentation turned into a, a terrible cocaine problem. Um, you know, it, to, to the point that like for a year and a half, I, I bounced from couch to couch. And, and and listen, you don't have to be living under a bridge to be homeless. If you don't have an address that you have mail coming to, you are, in fact, homeless. Wow. Right. So I bounced from couch to couch. And, and, you know, it even got to the point where I found myself eating out of a, a, a IHOP gar- garbage can wow. um, because I was just that hungry. Um, mental delusions. Right. Our, our mental delusions get can, can become so deep that we don't even realize that, that, that things are getting so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 they did an experiment one time with three frogs and they put them in water and they turned the flame up and they, they wanted to see at what temperature the frogs would jump out. And the frogs didn't jump out. They boiled enough because the, the terrible things, the heat increased so slowly that they never noticed the difference. Right. And, yeah. and, and that's kind of the story of how the rest of my, my my um the next 10 years of my life went things happened so slowly and 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 became so bad that it became absolutely normal um you know god is good because i think that he will allow you to go through a, a very tedious and painful process until you get to the point where you completely surrender and i remember one night I was sitting on my couch and 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 and, and it wasn't the the uh, it wasn't the worst time in my life. Everybody talks about hitting a, a bottom and, and the bottom is supposed to this. It, there was no outside bottom that was there. I mean, I had just bought a house. I had a. I mean, things were good outside. Somehow I don't know how it happened, but but you know I had, I had a, um, just bought a house and. I was sitting on my couch listening to this 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 Tupac song over and over and over and over and over again, feeling sorry for myself. And I realized that I couldn't go on another moment living the way that I was living. Hmm. But, I, but 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 I was too coward of a person to kill myself, right? Um, and at that moment, I said, "God, you got to help me." Come on now. Um, 
The next day, I found myself at a, a recovery meeting. Um, within uh, a couple weeks, they say that when the teacher is ready or when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I will tell you that God will use every resource possible, whether it's a Christian, whether it's a Buddhist, whether it's whatever, God will use resources to reach you. And at that time, it was a Buddhist sensei that came into my life. What? And what he did is he was the first person ever that was able to get through to me and allow me to be accountable for the decisions that I made, mm -hmm. right? Because my whole life was about reliving backwards and reliving all these traumas that happened from my childhood, reliving mm -hmm. them and refueling them. And, you know, uh, I mean, it's like an old, old relationship. I kept taking it out to dinner and, you know, I want something different, but I kept, I kept romancing it. Yes. Right. Uh, he, he allowed me to realize that I was my biggest problem, but he gave me so much hope because he told me that if I was my biggest problem, the good news is, is I'm also my only source of hope. Because until I take responsibility and until I get out of the way and allow God to step in and have some control, nothing will ever change. Absolutely. So during that process, let me, let me interject. During that process of all of these traumatic, traumatic things happening to you, can you see where God was, uh, that you had defining moments in your life where God was trying to get your attention? Oh, absolutely. But you wasn't listening or you wasn't paying attention or tell me that process. Share, share with, uh, us that process there was there, there was there was times where let's say because again i i stopped drinking when i was 14. i remember actually in, in in from the age of 12 to 14 i was probably arrested every single weekend here's how smart i was right i'm the only black kid in the neighborhood and at that time i was bald too right so I would go do something sneaky and wonder how I got caught. Right? Like, <laughs> how, how did they know it was me? <laughs> you know, but <laughs> but <laughs> this policeman sat me down one day and he and he said, you know, there is there is um something about you. You are incorrigible you are stubborn you 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 don't follow the rules but he said i can tell that there's something about you that's worth saving come on now he said you 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 just need to start making better decisions and i believe that god used this this policeman to try to get through to me mm -hmm. right it, it didn't work um but it had it had an effect because i still remember it mm -hmm. right um it's like right. it's like uh when he um what is the word i'm looking for it's like when you you may not have thought that it didn't work but it slightly changed the trajectory yeah it didn't make a major impact but 
it's just like if you know you we have encounters with people who are addicts or going through different traumatic things in our lives it doesn't just take one person for uh for god to use in order to uh touch that person touch that person's life god uses many people many sources not just one person we are only so we are only seed sowers so we sow the seeds you know what i'm saying we are we are um we are only vessels to help the process on god's behalf so he he sowed, he sowed that seed right and it yep. shifted you just a little bit yep. yep i remember when i was in sixth grade <clears throat> when I was in sixth grade, I um, uh, and this was another reason that I knew that God hated me was I slapped this nun, and so I I wasn't allowed in her class anymore. I had to sit in the principal's office every day, and every day when I was in the principal's office, this lady was 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 such a loving lady. She would sit and we would just talk and. Even though, and she was a she was a nun. Even though I had done that, she showed me love, and she tried to let me know that I had value. Wow! She would bring me in candy, and we would just sit there, and she would she would allow me to help her. You know, she would tell me how how um, how smart I was. Wow! Um, but again, I it it went against everything that I believed in my subconscious at that time, so it it, it didn't register. Uh, it didn't. It only had a small effect mm -hmm. because my perception and my belief system um, was a lot stronger uh, than the information, this new information that I was getting. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll share this too. Every time that um, the Holy Spirit is trying to get your attention, he will, you know, it will be louder. You know, it may be subtle. If you don't listen that time, it's going to get louder and louder and louder and louder. Or the events are going to be more traumatic, more traumatic until you learn that lesson, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, one of the one of the another thing that that the milestone that, that I, I really believe had a, a drastic effect on me is. Um, I think I was probably in my early, late twenties. It was, yeah, my late twenties, and you know I was hanging with a group of people, and um, some things happened, and so I got charged with three counts of aggravated robbery. Wow! And I remember that I went to go see a lawyer, and he's like, you know, you you could be facing like thirty years. And as and 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 like you say, because I got in little trouble. Right. Because I thought I was invincible. I thought I was so smart um, and I thought that everything that I did was justified. So there was times that God would be like, slow down, young man. Slow down, young man. And then when this happened. I knew that 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 something had to change because it was one of the most terrifying times in my life. And 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 um, the one thing that I, that I believe is, is when you have 
all these things stuck in your subconscious, there's only one or two things that can happen. It could be some type of huge thing, um, uh, a huge force like me facing 30 years mm-hmm. or through just constant space repetition. And so that was enough at that time um, to change my belief that I was invincible. Mm. Right. Um, and, and that was one of the main things, I think, that that catapulted things to the point where I was sitting in my living room. that day. Wow. Um, so you want to share what that thing is? You don't have to if you don't want to. But which, that major um, triumph or that major trigger that got your attention. Oh, when I when I thought I was going to prison for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that that was the that was the main thing. And then, you know, we were we were out robbing people. And, um, you know, I I remember that a very sobering moment was this guy had a gun to this guy's chest and and the guy was drunk and he was like, shoot me, shoot me, shoot me, struggling with the guy. Right. That gun could have went off at any moment. Wow. I wouldn't be here having this conversation with you. I'd be in somebody's prison. If, if if God didn't show me grace and mercy when I went to court for these aggravated robberies, I wouldn't be sitting here. But God, again, knew because I believe that God gives his most different difficult tasks to his greatest to, to his strongest soldiers. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and he has a mission for uh, there's a purpose for all of us. But all the stuff that he went through, he had to believe that there was there was there was a, a a big thing that I was sent here to do, and the reason that I say that is is because from going from facing thirty years, I got one year of probation. What? Look at God. One year of probation. Look at God. So now, fast forward. Here you are, a motivational speaker, a minister, a life coach a personal trainer out of all of that how did god turn all that around you know in in your process because you would have thought that you know a person who has had all of those things happen to you and uh all those traumatic things then that would be you know your fate in life, but that's not your story. No, and, 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 and it's crazy because every time I think about it, it makes me want to cry because the reality of it is, is that my life has been truly blessed. Absolutely, truly blessed from going from that young man who thought that he was broken and useless and everybody would ultimately leave him and it was him against the world. You know, I, I did a podcast a couple months ago and, and, and somebody sent the thing, um, like some feedback from it. And it was from a foster care circuit in Australia that had shared my story like 16, 17 times. Wow. So from going to this broken kid this perception that I was useless to um, my story is touching people that I will probably never see. So that's how God works. 
that's 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 how God works. Yeah. Um, and I, I was, let me share this too before you uh, okay. where you go on. What I know is the greater the the greater the the greater the tra the trauma the greater the triumph i'm telling you it's the sentiment of your life the greater the triumph the greater the trauma the greater the blessing so we're here by the grace of god we are here and god put us and allowed us to be in position because he trusted us with all of that because he won't put more on you than you can bear and you are a strong brother and if God entrusted you with all of that trauma in your life you better believe you got great blessings greater blessings and it is a sentiment of your life and the things to come is is that's how god operates he is a great and awesome god and he knows who's going whose story will impact millions and impact the world and be able to change lives back to him And so I praise God for your life. I praise God for you uh, accepting the invitation to come and share your story with my audience. It's such a such a blessing and an honor. But I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just had yeah. to. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's it's sometimes very, very, very overwhelming. Um, how blessed my life is today. And in hindsight, how blessed it's always been, right? Mm -hmm. um, we we just we just take a situation and we 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 uh use the, the mental faculties faculties that God gave us and we realize that we can change our perception. Yeah. Um, you know my um this father who adopted me um I I hated him for most of my life. Most most of my life, I hated him. I couldn't see who he was. He was embarrassing to me. Um, you know, uh, I remember one time there was a there, there was a blizzard and and I was plowing snow and he was a mile away from home walking, and I drove right past right past him. Didn't wow. want to have, didn't want to have nothing to do with him. I said, well, he's on the street. He'll be okay. Wow. <clears throat> he he's seventy at seventy nine years old. He has to have a triple bypass. Um, he survives a surgery, but he has all these mental, these, these clusters or small strokes. And um, I'm his medical attorney or his power, medical power of attorney. Mm -hmm. um, and so I got to make a decision on when to pull the plug. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and he's laying in his hospital bed. And this is a man who I resented and I hated most of my life. But I, I, everybody needs to be touched. So I was rub his arm, 
I'd comb his hair, and every time I combed his hair and every time I test his arm, that resentment disappeared. Wow. On that day, my dad taught me the reality that at our core, we are love. And when we touch into that love, it's impossible to hate. Mm. We are made after our creator, and our creator is agape love. Mm. So at our core, we are love. And when I touch into that love, all of my resentments disappeared, and I saw a child of God. Wow. Um, and my, my father eventually passed. Um, he taught me in, in hindsight, I, I, I'm still learning lessons from him to this day. Sure. <clears throat> um, I, uh, you know, I, 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 when I was about 20 years old, I started working out. I figured out that that was one way that I had um, the ability to, to make myself feel good. I decided to be a personal trainer um, because I, I, I wanted to help other people feel good. That turned into me being able to share some of my experience with people and it would have an effect on their life, um, <clears throat> which led me to becoming a life coach. One day I was sitting down and I realized that I had a lot of a lot of I had an interesting story. So I wrote my first book. Mm. Every, everything just progressed to the next thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's almost like, you know, we're either creating or we're either creating or disintegrating, mm-hmm. right? Um, not we we think things stand stay in the same place, but nothing alive does. Mm-hmm. So with everything everything that I did, it opened the door for me to do something something else, which led to something else. And um, you know, I, I sit here today with this life of feeling completely blessed. And I, ten years ago, if you would have told me that I would love my life the way that I love my life today. Right. Because I've been doing uh, I've been surrendering for 30 years, you know, mm-hmm. letting different things go. So life is was always getting a little bit better. But if you would tell me that I would look back and, and, and I would be able to say that every situation that I ever went through at the time that I thought was so painful and so traumatic. In hindsight, was a blessing because God now. God now has 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 developed this person. Hmm. And can't operate from a place of judgment, mm-hmm. who, who, who can't see color, who can't see anything but love. Hmm. And once we figure out how the, the blessing, even in our worst situation, once we can figure out how God brought us through our worst possible scenario, it's hard for us to be able to look back. Once we can share that, it's hard for us to look back yeah. and really have it be terrible. It's only when we hold it inside and, 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 and we keep it to ourselves that it that it ferments us. Absolutely. Right? When we can share it, it becomes a blessing. Absolutely. And that negative energy of the trauma becomes positive energy to help others heal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you can you God allows you to go through or us to go through these things. So that we can reach back and help other people so that we can have that heart and that compassion for seeing other people hurt, you know, and God places us in their path so that we can reach back and help them and their life can be a testament as well as ours. 
and we can just point them in his direction, giving them that sense of hope, you know? And so it is a beautiful process. It's a beautiful process. Can you just look back and just say, thank you, God, for choosing me? Man, I feel so honored. I feel so honored and so humbled. Yep. And it's all worth the process. A thousand percent. I wouldn't change one one iota of anything that I ever experienced. Wow. Because without it, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be the man that sits before you. Absolutely. And today I see a lot of value in being that man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I praise God for you. And I praise God again for you spending this time with us. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience before uh, we end? I, I um, you know, one of the one of the uh, beauties of coming to terms with who you are is that you you truly believe that you deserve to be happy and you deserve to live a life filled um, with purpose and passion. And so one of the things that I've, I've done is I've taken all the tools that I've learned over the years to help me to, to overcome and to help me to get to a place where I'm grounded within myself and, and, and I'm grounded within the loving being that God created. Um, and, and, and I am living a life by design. I wake up every morning excited. I've taken all those tools and I put them into an eight week workshop, an eight week mastermind um, session where it teaches you how to use the, the, the mental faculties that God gave you. It teaches mm -hmm. you how to uh, create a life that you're excited about waking up in the morning. It, it helps you to understand the, the, the power of forgiveness um, of other people and of yourself. It helps you to understand that the, the mindsets, the, the perceptions that you have that no longer serve you and, and really how to um, be able to move past them. Absolutely. How to overcome fear and, and just to, the beauty of my life today is that I wake up every single morning excited about life. It teaches you how to have that and to have passion and purpose in life. And those are all the things God, God intends for us to prosper. Absolutely. Right. The only thing that prevents us is when we don't think we deserve it. Absolutely. It and you if you don't know, if you think that you are the source yeah. and you don't know, <laughs> you're not clear on where your blessings come from. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody once told me, even at my best, all I can do is create confusion. Wow. But God. But God. So as we end today, okay, so I want to share this because I know that you did uh, mention your mastermind that's beginning on October the 17th. Uh, and if you want to uh, reach out to Eric and register for that event, Purposely Living by Design, you can, that mastermind begins October the, the 17th. You can uh, contact Eric and register for that at eric-sean.com and register there. And also you can book a 15-minute discovery call with him if you want more information on any of his services that he provides. That um, link 
to his calendar is on the banner, inside the banner of uh, where you see our promotional banner on Facebook, okay, on my personal Facebook Live. And it will also, I'll also put it in my uh, Broken Pieces to Peace private Facebook group. So if you haven't done so already, go, ready, go ahead and uh, um, what do you call it? Join, <laughs> join the Broken Pieces to Peace private Facebook group, and you'll be have you will uh, have access to that as well. Also, before we uh, end the broadcast, I also have three questions that I want to ask you. All right, that first one is, what are you most grateful for? I think the thing that I'm the most grateful for is that God instilled within me such a strong connection to love. And I think that that's why I never, ever was able to get too lost. Next to that, I would have to say my daughter. I love it. I love it. Second question. What is your definition of peace? And how do you define peace? Now, in my pro, in my private Facebook group, that's the whole purpose of this group, Broken Pieces to Peace, so that we can help others go from their broken pieces, that those traumatic things that they, that has happened in their life, to living and moving forward into a life of peace. So, what is your definition of peace, and how? Yeah, how do you define peace? These are the toughest part of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, I define peace with being comfortable with who I am, regardless of what's going on around me. Being okay with who I am, regardless of whether I'm broke regardless of whether I have a thousand dollars, regardless of whether I have a job, regardless of whatever peace is knowing that I am well protected. At that moment, I, I, I exist at that moment and I am completely okay with who I am. Absolutely. And that's, that's called a peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that only God can give that kind of peace. The last question. So, what are some things that you do to maintain your sense of peace? Whether it's daily rituals, um, what are some of the things that you would like to recommend to our audience? You know, I have, I have a to I help have them a, through their uh, to help them letting go to let go of their broken pieces of their past and move them forward into a life. I have a, a whole morning routine that I do. I wake up and first thing I come and I make a list of the things that I'm grateful for. Um, I read I read some type of spiritual scripture in the morning. Um, I try to sit and, and just be quiet and do some form of meditation mm -hmm. to help me just to be grounded and to know that I, I, I'm okay and whatever happens today, I am going to be okay, that I'm protected. Um, 
So I do that every single morning. I think that if you if you start your morning and remind yourself that regardless of whatever happens today, today you will remember that you're protected. And I say my prayer. I have a very, very easy prayer that I say every morning, very simple and straight to the point. And the prayer is, is God, please tell me what to do, where to go, what to say, and to who. So I am I, I am completely of service. And it's not about just tell me where to go. Wow. And I, I tell you this, Jim Rome said the best. Service to many leads to greatness. Yes. And so if we can all be in that uh, service mindset of serving the masses and bringing people closer to God and praying and meditating and above all, being grateful, being grateful for where we are, where we've come from and being grateful for being chosen for such a great assignment. Yeah. One of your one of your um, reader or one of your followers asked how I could be reached, so they didn't they didn't get the thing. It's Eric Sean.com. Okay, so let's uh, let me go back and and pull that Eric Sean.com. Okay, so there it is, right there on the screen. So with that said, it has been a amazing time sharing uh, with you today. It has been awesome. And I am so grateful that you have uh, taken out time to spend this time with, with me and, uh, and have given me the privilege and the honor of interviewing you and allowing my guests to get a chance to know you more and to hear your story. Okay. It's going to bless thousands or millions okay which is already in process and i'm just grateful to be on the platform with you today thank you thanks for having me absolutely so that's been another episode episode number seven of who wouldn't serve a god like this with pamela hope and eric sean so thank you all again for joining us make sure you join us uh bright and early in the morning where we read the uh, entire Bible, the whole Bible in 365 days. And every morning at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 4 a.m. Pacific uh, Standard Time for those who are, are out on the East Coast. Also, uh, yeah, make sure you join us, uh, join my private Facebook group, Broken Pieces to Peace. And I look forward to seeing you all again, if it's the Lord's will, next week for another episode of Who Wouldn't Serve a God Like This? Same time, same place. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us.